Uh, our preacher for this morning is Ryan Bishop. Uh, Ryan is a uh, pastor at Redeemer Church up in Graham. And uh, Ryan uh, is not a stranger to Rocky Point. If you've been here uh, for a few years, Ryan actually was in our, our pulpit uh, back in the, the fall of 2018. And uh, he was an encouragement to us then and uh, looking forward to him bringing the word to us this morning. Uh, Ryan is married to Kelly and they have five children. His two boys are with him today and we're glad that you guys are, are with us. And uh, I just want to say a word of appreciation to Ryan, uh, a personal word. Uh, whenever I became uh, the lead pastor of Rocky Point, Ryan was one of the first to reach out to me, just knowing that I was going to need brothers in ministry to lock arms with, to be sources of encouragement and edification and support. And Ryan reached out to invite me to be a part of a minister's alliance that he leads. And I've been able to develop a lot of relationships with brothers uh, in ministry through that. Uh, Ryan also... Um, is responsible for uh, pestering me to go to the Simeon Trust workshops. Pestering is a strong word. Inviting me uh, with brotherly love. And uh, I'm really glad you did because uh, it's been a huge uh, source of encouragement for me in my preaching ministry. And if, if, uh, if, if you as our, our church have been at all benefited by uh, the preaching ministry over the last few years, you a lot to Ryan's pestering as well, and um, and uh, the the investment that Ryan makes in in uh, preachers and pastors, uh, both in relationship, but then also in uh, making these uh, um, trainings and resources available. And so, uh, I am just really personally grateful, Ryan, to to how the Lord has used you in a lot of ways in my ministry, and grateful especially for your preaching ministry. Uh, not only that you carry out at your own church week after week, uh, but that you're here today and uh, that we get to hear God's word. And so uh, if you would, let's uh, bow together in prayer and uh, ask the Lord's blessing on this time of uh, worship through the preached word. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are a God who speaks. I thank you for using uh, your servants uh, to proclaim your word and that you would give us the gift of being able to speak your word to one another. Lord, as, as Ryan comes to minister uh, your word to us and proclaim it, Lord, I ask that you would um, be honored, uh, that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit, that he would speak the utterances of God and serve with the strength that you supply. I pray that you would fill each of us with the Holy Spirit, that we might have our eyes open to see wonderful things in your word, uh, Lord, that you would make us more like Christ through your word, that we would grow in truth and love, and uh, Lord, that we would grow more like Christ and grow closer to Christ uh, for having uh, heard you speak to us today. We love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you welcome uh, Ryan Bishop for, to Rocky Point? Pestering. I think it's a fine word. Uh, I, I think I had to try a few times. Uh, Jeff finally came, though, and, and experienced in that preaching training that we host in Graham what um, I've experienced, which is great help. And um, I just want to bring you um, greetings from Redeemer Church in Graham. Uh, we, we, uh, we may not know each other well, I, I know some of you, but um, we may not know each other well, but I, I want you to know that uh, we, we really do pray for you. We really do love you. Um, we do have kind of a, a longer history with this church. I was I served with Pastor Edward Heinze um, back when we were both elders in Louisville, Kentucky, and then was thrilled whenever God called Jeff here, and then not just called him here to serve as a pastor, but then the lead pastor. Uh, so we love you. Um, I didn't know the leads were going to be here, but I've also heard about you guys for a long time through Edward, and um, Alan Day was a member of our church, Alan Angela. Um, love you so much. So we've prayed for y'all in your ministry in Uganda as well. Um, uh, this, this morning, it's my hope that God would greatly strengthen you uh, with his gospel. I'm glad to hear that you guys are going through the gospel of Mark. Um, we're, we're not going through the gospel of Mark as a church, but as it happens today, when I'm not in my pulpit, um, the, the passage that you guys are memorizing is the passage that's going to be preached right now at Redeemer Graham. Uh, so that just increases my hope that the Lord is at work 
uh, and will be at work as we go through Mark chapter 9, uh, verses 14 through 29. I want to invite you to make sure your Bibles are open uh, to Mark 9. If you go to the uh, New Testament, Matthew, Mark is the second book before Luke and John. Um, if you don't have a Bible that you brought with you, there's Bibles that are provided underneath the, the seats in front of you, and you can find Mark 9 on page 844. Um, it's important that you have God's Word open, uh, because what I, what I say to you does not matter much at all. Um, I mean, unless what I'm saying is in line with what He is saying. And I want you to hear what He is saying, and that matters a great deal. Uh, I realize we've just prayed together, um, but I, am, I really believe what John Newton once wrote, um, that we're coming to a king when we pray, and his grace and power are such that none can ever ask too much. So I want to ask him again to bless the preaching of his word. Let's pray together. King... Jesus, you have promised that those who ask will be given what they ask for, will receive what we ask for if we ask it in your name. And you have told us that this is because your Father is so loving and that He delights especially to give one gift, and that is the Holy Spirit, to those who ask for the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're asking, that your Holy Spirit would come and would cause us to hear about you, and empower us not only to believe you, but to obey you. And we ask all this, Lord Jesus, in your name, amen. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. As I read this passage, I want you to be listening for a couple of things. Uh, this is a can-do kind of passage. What I mean is, uh, I want you to pay close attention to what it is the people in the passage can do, and then pay attention to what it is that Jesus can do. Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 14. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them. And scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, that is, saw Jesus, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he, Jesus, answered them, O oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the Spirit saw him, and immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. 
And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, And lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Beloved, this is the word of the Lord. I want to call your attention Again to verses 18 and 19, the heart of this passage where this father is describing just how desperate his situation is. And he tells Jesus that his boy has had this demon. He brought the, de- the, the boy to the disciples. They could not cast it out. And Jesus then says, bring him to me. The title of this sermon is an expansion of that idea in verse 19. The title of the sermon is, Bring It to Him. Bring It to Him. You all can remember the great Texas freeze that happened two years ago this February. Uh, this, this hit pretty hard. Um, so hard, I, I started to wonder if we were going to have to rethink uh, this favorite motto of ours, don't mess with Texas, uh, because five days of freezing temperatures mess with Texas quite a bit. And uh, apparently what happened was our electrical infrastructure, I learned that word for this sermon, our electrical infrastructure uh, could not handle everyone huddled up in their homes, cranking up their heaters. Uh, most everyone was huddled up in their homes, couldn't go anywhere else, just cranking up their heaters, praying that they could stay warm enough. Everyone was doing that, uh, except, uh, if you'll recall, Ted Cruz. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, those pictures when that freeze hit uh, uh, Teddy, apparently, uh, when, when the snow hits, uh, thought, you know, it's been a while since we've been to the Caribbean, let's get up out of here and, and head out. Now, I'm not trying to badmouth Republicans, I, know, I, know you, I don't know you very well, I'm not trying to upset you, I'm just trying to paint a picture here. Um, there were four and a half million people um, who stayed behind. And uh, we peasants, most of us, uh, lost power. And for some people, hypothermia set in and, and medical equipment ended up failing and dozens of people died. You see, there's, there's certain kinds of weather that are beyond Texans. And I don't know about you, but sometimes just day-to-day routine life gets beyond me. I wonder if that's just me. Do you ever experience power outages. No? Well, live a little longer and you will. (laughs) Because if you live just a little bit longer, you're going to be in a situation where you should be patient with someone who's acting out because they're stressed out. And that may be a situation where you lose all power to do so. 
or you're stressed and you know you shouldn't hurt someone else and that situation gets beyond you. Or, or maybe you're trying to help other people not lose their minds or, or even worse, not lose their faith. Those kinds of situations are actually pretty common and at least for me, those situations are beyond me. I wonder, would you like to know what to do when something is just too much for you? Well, Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29 is all about that. This is what it's about. It's calling us when anything gets beyond you, bring it to Jesus. That is the sermon in a sentence, you could say. This is a summary of all that I'm going to say. When anything gets beyond you, we're told in God's word, Bring it to Jesus. Now, the way I want to walk through this passage is in three parts. Uh, We'll get one, don't, and then two, do's for when anything gets beyond you. First of all, point number one, when anything gets beyond you, verses 14 through 19 would tell us, don't bring it just to pastors. Don't bring it just to pastors. Jesus walks up on an argument here. And the argument is why is this boy's demon beyond the disciples? Jesus' key leaders. And if you want to know how to frustrate meek and mild Jesus, if if you want a reason why bringing our problems just to pastors or other Christian leaders is not the best idea, you should look no farther than verse 19. Look there again in verse 19. Jesus hears about what's going on and this is the way he responds, O faithless generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Jesus is just quoting something that the Lord had said to his people back in Moses' day. Whenever they were uh, trusting in men instead of the Lord or trusting in idols instead of the Lord. The Lord said, oh, faithless generation." I will hide my face from you. Whenever, listen, whenever God's people bring their fears or their hopes to anyone but the Lord, He is frustrated. The Gospel of Matthew tells the same story and there we're told that it is the little faith specifically, the faithlessness specifically of the disciples that frustrates Jesus here. I guess to this point in the gospel, they had done a few miracles and somewhere along the way, they forgot who it is who gave them the power to do anything in the first place. I wonder if you can relate to that. If you've ever had the privilege of being used by the Lord, maybe to help someone to turn away from pride, to deny themselves and to follow Jesus. Or, or, or maybe the Lord has graciously chosen to use you in helping someone stay in their marriage. Or or guide people within your home to treat the Lord rightly. 
And then right after that experience, you can go days without even thinking of the Lord. We all can settle into these kinds of assumptions that we can handle the spiritual things of our life. But beloved, listen. Demons and death, sin and sickness, these things are beyond us. Let us not do any work for the Lord without the Lord. And here's another thing, friends. Whenever you find a, a pastor or a mature believer and, and you're trying to get that you bring your issues to them and they don't seem to be able to handle those things. Be careful that you don't conclude that because these pastors are limited that Jesus is limited. Because demons and death, sin and sickness are not beyond Jesus. So, let me, let me clarify. When I, when I say, when anything gets beyond you, don't just bring it to pastors, I, I'm not saying don't bring what's beyond you to church. I'm not saying that. Christ, in fact, gives pastors to help out in those situations. But Rocky Point, your pastors, you should, you should view them as, as those who... Uh, love the Lord and can be helpful to you. I know they love you. I wonder if you know how blessed you are that you can bring the things that are beyond you to your pastors because, not because they are able to handle those things, but because they will help you bring those things to Jesus. That's the mark of a good pastor. We've considered what we shouldn't do when things get beyond you. You shouldn't just bring those things to pastors. But we still have two things that you should do when anything gets beyond you. And the first of them is right there at the end of verse 19. You should bring it to Jesus. Point number two is... Bring it to Jesus. I want you to try to imagine with me the desperation of the Father in Mark chapter 9. I want you to imagine how he must feel when his pride and joy, his son, was convulsing. And when his mouth was foaming like a rabid dog. Try to just imagine all of those times the Father's referring to here where he would have found his son burning or found his son drowning. And, and you need to understand it would have been just the mercy of God that he would have found his boy in those kinds of situations because his boy was incapable of crying out. Just the mercy of God that he would be found while he was burning or while he was drowning. The boy was mute. The boy was deaf even. So also imagine the father and the son never hearing one another say, I love you. The boy never, in, like in, th in these moments, hearing, hearing from his father Whenever he would surely be really tempted to, to be discouraged if he had any kind of thoughts about the Lord. For, to hear his father say, son, the Lord loves you and you just hold on now, I'm bringing you 
to Jesus. Imagine how desperate this father is when the hated demon is even now beyond Jesus' disciples, just like this demon was beyond all the religious leaders the father would have taken him to before. Imagine how tempted you would be to despair if this was the thing that was getting beyond you. If only this desperate father could have seen what Mark has shown to us right before this passage happens. Right at the beginning of chapter 9 in verse 2, Jesus Right before this event happens, transfigures and his, his appearance changes so that uh, at least a few are able to see him in all the glory of God the Son. Maybe if the dad, no matter how desperate he was, was able to see just who it is he's speaking to, maybe the words that he spoke would not have been so very weak. Weak. The end of verse 22. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. It's weak. And I I know it sounds harsh, Put it that way. And and really, it it is pretty harsh because this man's words are almost perfect. Like, almost exactly perfect. Really, it's just one word that's the problem. I know that because it's just one word that Jesus takes issue with. And it's the word if. So this is the way it should have read in verse 22. He's explaining to Jesus, this has been happening to my pride and joy since he was a child. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But you can do anything. Have compassion on him, on us. And help us. Beloved, you, you've been going through the gospel of Mark. And so I, I trust that uh, if you've been tuning in on Sunday mornings. That you have seen just a load of beyond you circumstances come up. All these beyond us problems come up in the Gospel of Mark, and throughout the Gospel of Mark, all of them get fixed the moment that they are brought to Jesus. I'll just give you a review. Fevers, leprosy, paralysis, storms, legions of demons, all neutralized By the words of Jesus. Dead daughters get up. Issues of blood dry up. Waters firm up. The deaf listen up. The mute speak up and the blind look up. Friends, you would have to be blind to think that any problem is beyond Jesus. I hope this story I'm going to share is, is, is not irreverent. Um, but all of this reminds me of what we used to say about um, the best baseball player on my seventh grade baseball team. His name was Charlie Cantu. That's like his real name. Like he didn't change it to be cooler. That's the, the name that his parents gave him. Isn't that cool? Charlie Cantu. And, and Charlie was our best player at like every aspect of baseball. And so when we noticed this, um, we, we used to ha- have kind of this saying. Um, 
Charlie can't pitch, Charlie can't hit, Charlie can't catch or whatever, and then all the fans would join in, in together and say, can too. It's pretty cool. Um, it was cool for Charlie. Um, those same fans were rooting me on, and, and they knew that Ryan can't do like anything at, at baseball, um, but Charlie could. And, and, and I, I share that with you because you, you just need to believe Jesus can do a lot. That is why this father has showed up that day. But he's starting to wonder, like, maybe... Jesus can't deal with this deadly demon. Beloved, can too. Bring Jesus that demon and Jesus can get it out of him. Verse 26, after he gets the demon out of him, the boy is apparently dead. Well, bring Jesus the boy's lifeless body and Jesus can get him up as well. And Mark here is trying to, trying to reward us if we will pay close attention to what is said in verse 27. When, when the boy gets up, we're, we're told specifically this language, he arose. And that is the word that Jesus is about to use in the gospel of Mark to predict what he is also about to do. Well, let me put it to you this way. Bring Jesus across and he can get through it. Bring Jesus a grave and he can get out of it. He arose from the dead. Now, if you are here and, and you're not someone who is following Jesus, like you're not someone who is denying yourself, taking up a cross, and following him with your life. I, I, I want to give you really good news. But first, let me give you the bad news. God's holiness, the God you will, the moment of your death, face in his holiness, his holiness is beyond you. And it's beyond me as well. The bad news is, what that means is, heaven is beyond you. You have to be holy to get in there. Your sin is a problem. Your unholiness is a problem that is beyond you. And I want to encourage you right now to bring it to Jesus. Bring your sins and your unholiness to Jesus. You can do that by, right now where, where you sit, you can repent of your sins, confess your sins to Him, and place your trust in Him. And if you want to talk about that afterward, you could talk to me, but it would be far better for you to talk to someone who's around you or to find Jeff, someone who lives here, and they can help you find what it means to follow Jesus with all of your life. But for those who are here and you are seeking to follow Jesus with all of your life, what, what you should hear in verse 23 is, is the rebuke of Jesus. This problem was never a matter of whether Jesus can. The can that matters, I guess you can put it this way, is, is ours. The question is, can you, can you believe Jesus can do anything. I don't know about you, but I'm actually, when I read this account, really thankful that the Father 
threw in that word if. The reason I'm so thankful for that is because I know my faith is so weak. And because he did throw in that if, uh, we're, we're told here what we can do with our ifs. I want to tell you to bring it to Jesus. Verse 22, this father wasn't looking too great. But what he does in verse 24 is pure gold for us. Verse 24 is a double profession of faith. Do you see that? In two ways, he's professing faith in Jesus. The first way is he asks Jesus with faith. He comes to Jesus and says, you are the only one who can help my boy. It's a single profession of faith. Verse, or the second one, the, the, the double profession aspect of this is then he asks Jesus for faith. Not only are you the only one who can help my boy, you're the only one who can help me to believe. Friends, is your sickness beyond Jesus? I was hoping that little boy was going to say something here. This is where I need you, little guy. The answer is no. Bring it to Jesus. Are your children beyond Jesus? No. Bring them to Jesus. Is your anger problem beyond Jesus? No. Bring it to Jesus. Is your anxiety, your lust, your jealousy, your pettiness, your unforgiveness? Beloved, no. When anything gets beyond you, bring that thing to Jesus. Faith brings everything. Like this man, brings his boy, and then he brings his unbelief. Faith brings everything that is beyond us to Jesus. Let me, let me encourage you that whenever you do this, Whenever you bring anything to Jesus, leave all your ifs behind. Leave all your ifs, if you can, behind. On the other hand, bring all your helps with me. All your, like, like in verse 24, I know I should believe you more. Help my unbelief. Leave all your ifs behind. This is never a matter of what he can do. If you're being confronted by what you can't do, then, then bring that to him too. Bring all your helps to him. Help me. It is not the fullness of our faith that will get our problems fixed. Let me say that again. It is not the fullness of your faith that will get your problems fixed. It's the focus of your faith. It's the focus of your faith. It's a focus on the king. Even when your faith is weak. As I said at the beginning, focus on the king. Focus on him. You are coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. His grace and power are such none can ever ask of him too much. When anything gets beyond you, don't bring it just to pastors. Bring it to Jesus. I hope this isn't sounding cliche to you, kind of, the old Christian saying, just give it to God. 
what I want to help you with is, is how to give it to God. How to give it to God. So that's the second thing you should do when anything gets beyond you. But it's our third point in the sermon. Bring it in prayer. Bring it in prayer. Three hours east of here is a, is a town called Mount Vernon. And one day there was um, a bar that was being built right next door to a church. And the church members got together out of a concern about how this would affect their community if the bar were to open business. And so they got together and they asked God to stop the bar from opening. And then a storm came and lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. Well, the bar owner got wind of the church prayer meeting and sued and in his lawsuit, he claimed it was the church's prayers that had destroyed his business. Well, the church goes to court, and when they get to court, they denied it. I don't mean they denied praying. They denied that God answered their prayers. And the judge was shocked by this. And he said, you know, I don't, I don't know how this case is going to play out. But one thing is clear to me, and that is that the barman believes in prayer and the church doesn't. Verse 29, the disciples have come to Jesus in private and say, why could we not? And he says, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. I mean, take this in. You've got a desperate father. You've got around him, it says at the beginning of the passage, there's a crowd of Bible scholars there. And you've got a pack of pastors all there and not one of them, not one of them brought what was beyond them in prayer to God, not until the Father prays to Jesus, speaks to Jesus, asks the Son of God to handle this. Let me test something out on you. See if you think this is too strong a statement. What you believe Jesus for is proven in what you pray for. What you believe Jesus for is proven in what you pray for. And we know that Jesus, when he says anything to the man, when he's encouraging him to bring anything to him, he's not guaranteeing anything you ask for that he'll give. I mean, what we, what we pray for may not be what is actually best for us. And, and people of faith really understand that God is working even as we're waiting for Him to answer our prayers. Jesus says anything is possible, not anything is guaranteed. But anything is possible for the one who believes. So I want to ask you, what do you do? When you come up with things that are beyond you. What do you do? 
What do you do as a church? Do you have the sense, the good instinct that the church in Mount Vernon had, even if they didn't have the faith to do it? What do you do as a church when anything that is beyond you comes? I was really uh, encouraged by a, a story of something that happened in, with one of the kids in my church recently. Uh, when, when his mom's car wouldn't start and his mom is really tempted to panic and is getting on the phone with her husband and trying to figure out where do I take this car to get fixed the the boy said why don't we pray and so she realized that's a good idea Uh, and they did it and then the car started and another child who was recently tempted toward jealousy about one of her friends she prayed that God would take her jealousy away and he did I love stories like that because they're right in line with what Jesus is calling the disciples to what he's calling us to in in verses 28 and 29 and, and that is whenever we come to our could not we should cry out. Listen, whenever you come to your could not, you should cry out. And I'll, I'll, I'll admit to you, I often come to could nots. And I would never say that because I cannot, no one can. But I kind of live like that often. Maybe every frustrating time you come to a could not, maybe that's actually a gift. Maybe all of my could not moments is God trying to get a profession of faith out of me trying to get me to remember, I cannot, but he can. What if every time anything gets beyond us, I mean, like, can't find the keys again, you know, or can't make ends meet? Or I can't seem to find a way to the strength to honor the Lord when I get so angry. Maybe I I, I don't know that I can keep going on plotting. Plotting for the salvation of the people I love, whether here in Uganda. What if every time anything gets beyond us, like mid meltdown or or right in the middle of worry or 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 mid conflict or mid self obsession whether you're in public or you're in private you brought it to Jesus beloved this week the lord will give to you things that are beyond you and i think he's doing it to get you to pray rocky point The Lord is going to give you as a church things often that are beyond you. And I think he's doing it to get you to pray as a church. Prayer, it seems, at the end of this story, the lesson that Jesus wants the disciples to go home with, prayer is the way that we can put the beyond me things in the hands of the one who can do anything. Now, way back in the great Texas freeze, our family was just fine. Um, Because I'm a man. And I tell you, I went back, you know, went outside and I chopped that wood and I just kept that fire a-going. 
that is not true. I'm, I'm standing behind a pulpit. I've got a commitment to the truth. That's not true. It was mid-February, and this man had not even covered our faucets yet. So it was a bad situation at our house. I, I didn't even have faucet covers, which was a problem that late. Nothing was open. My greatest act in that moment was getting out in the snow to walk down the street to borrow the extra faucet covers a real man had. Um, but my family, by God's grace, did not lose power at all. And here's the reason. It's because we lived, we were situated within the hospital's electrical grid. We were, what I mean is we were close enough to where the power will never run out. Friends, beyond you, circumstances are coming really soon. And you should bring those things to Jesus in prayer. And while you're at it, don't forget who you're bringing them to. It's the one who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. When anything gets beyond you, bring it to Him. Heavenly Father, we pray that You would do more with this sermon than just move the service and Sunday along. We pray that You would use this truth powerfully within us. That's what we're asking that you might change the way that we respond to things that we cannot handle in our life. That we would be more careful to bring those things not to anyone else but to you. And that we would also be more quick to bring them in prayer. God, do it for each of those who are here, including me. And do it for this church as a congregation as well. We ask this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and respond to the word of God. Take it.
Well, I just want to close uh, by asking Karis Clark if she would come down to the front. Karis, uh, this is her last Sunday with us. Karis just accepted a job in Fort Worth and is uh, moving up there. And uh, so we just want to take a minute to recognize and thank the Lord for Karis as a sister in Christ and a member of our church and uh, have an opportunity to pray for her. Karis has just been uh, been faithfully serving as a member of this church and often in ways that uh, go unnoticed. And uh, it's such a, uh, a privilege, as a, one of the great privileges of being a pastor is getting to see uh, the, the parts of the body at work serving one another that uh, maybe the whole rest of the body doesn't get to see. And um, Karis, I'm just so grateful that uh, you've been a, a faithful sister in Christ, that the ways that the Lord has used you through fellowship and edification and relationship, through serving and uh, loving others well. And we're just really grateful that the Lord has had you as a member of our church. And we are, we are committed to continuing to pray for you and help you as you transition to a new place to live and as you look for an, another body to uh, join and be a part of. And uh, we just wanted to uh, pray for you and uh, tell you that we love you and that we are uh, praying, uh, continue to pray for you as, as, we, uh, as you go forward. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much uh, that you brought Karis here as a, as a college student and that you've kept her here as a, a member of our body. And Lord, I just thank you for how she's invested um, in so many. Uh, Lord, I thank you for, uh, Lord, just personally how she's invested in, in my kids and how she's loved them well and cared for them well and uh, for the relationships you forged with, um, with so many in our church. And Lord, we just thank you uh, for how you work through 
the, the body of Christ and the members of the body of Christ and uh, how you uh, Lord, make us better together than apart. And so we're grateful for, uh, grateful for Karis, grateful for this uh, provision that you have given to her. Lord, we thank you for providing her a job. And Lord, it's, it, that's an answer to prayer. And uh, Lord, we are sad that it, it takes her away from us. Uh, but we are grateful that uh, you have provided for her and we trust you with her next steps and ask that you would uh, give her wisdom and guidance and help as she seeks to, uh, to join a, another uh, body up, uh, up there. And uh, Lord, we pray that you'd use us to continue to, to support her and encourage her. We love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are sent.